You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. You can find more interviews and features at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Jesse D, and you're listening to ChirpRadio.org, and I am here with Vast Canvas. What's up? I'm Justin. I play guitar. I'm Taylor. I play the drums. I'm Chelsea. I sing and play rhythm guitar. I'm Parker, and I play bass. Cool. Thanks for coming in tonight. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Or you had a lot of tour dates this last summer. It seems like it was just constant, just on your Facebook page alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was pretty split between bars and DIY spaces. Do you think this is the new normal for Chicago indie bands? Definitely. I think it adds so much more to what it means to be successful in a community as well as um, having spaces that promote the artist first because obviously there's not as much of a bottom line to meet when you're playing DIY spaces. So I hope it's the new normal because it's good to get the exposure in a public space but also to get the... uh, exposure within a community and a DIY space. Yeah, and when you're first starting out, it's a lot more comfortable to play in front of 10 people in a basement than 10 people in a bar, because you kind of feel like when at a bar that you've like somehow failed <laughs> by not bringing out very many people. And in a DIY venue, it's, you know, it's supposed to be like inclusive, and um, it's just a better experience overall than playing the same bars and trying to get people to go to the same places where the more DIY venues we play, people are kind of curious about spaces they haven't been to. And I don't think it's quite the same way with bars, like maybe larger venues or new venues, but I don't think people are itching to get out to like the typical, you know, local places. And I, I think too, um, something that when I first started playing in bands or with people in music and trying to showcase our work, you know, there's lots of these third party promoters that will contact you and be like, hey, like I have this venue that I'm booking for, da 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 da. But sometimes they're not always looking out for your best interest. They just want to fill the space and fill the room. But then at the end of the night, because the music is so, the genre is so inconsistent and you're not playing like with bands that you're actually friends with, people don't come out. And then, you know, the third party promoter is trying to like be like, oh, well, you know, we can't pay you or do anything for you because no one showed up. Well, no one showed up because the bill was inconsistent. So like now we have a real hand in um, a lot of the shows that you probably saw us play over the summer. Like we either knew the band or knew the knew the friend who was booking it, um, whether that was at a venue or just at a DIY spot. So we um, are really centered in the community now, which is really cool and blessed to be a part of. blurb for Farround mentions that the inspiration was about text conversations that you had while dealing with mental illness issues last Mm -hmm. year. So I think that definitely comes through in uh, the title track, but maybe not as much on Liar and BB. And I was just wondering if you could explain a little bit more about what those text conversations meant and how that blossomed into an album. 
or an EP? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, this is like more like in my head sort of thing. So the text conversation, I am terrible at texting. Like I suck at it. Like Justin and I. She's have, a really bad texter, yeah. <laughs> we got into it like once. He was like, you can't come over to my house. And I was like, why? He's like, you know why. I'm like, what? And it's because I guess I didn't, you know, at the time, you know, people in our generation expect immediacy and so when you don't immediately like respond you know it's seen as rude or like you don't care enough and this and that and that I've never been good at texting throughout my life or like with my relationships and that has like come across you know with like my friendships and people who know me now know that like it's not a big deal and I will get back to you I'm just I have never been one to be like completely attached to my phone. I think that's one of the hardest parts about being in a band is you have to stay on top of all of this, these emails and the social media and being present and really like pushing your brand and who you are. Um, but like who I am is not on my phone. And so I was having a hard time like with all of my feelings and how to express them. And I didn't have, I didn't feel like anybody was really close to me. And I had stopped talking to pretty much like everybody that I knew. And the only people that I was really talking to was like Parker and Taylor because I was still just trying to create music, like trying to like feel something. So I was doing that with these guys. And um, I the, the think the words are more vague in a couple of the tracks because some of the words are verbatim from text messages. And because I have a hard time texting, it was pretty vague. But I also think it's cool to keep lyrics vague so people can imagine in their own head what that means. And this album or this EP was recorded in your house? Yeah, it was recorded in um, the spare, what turned into the spare bedroom after my ex moved out. Uh, we, we, we named it for the day Tacky Panda Studios. So if you see that name again, know it's the third middle bedroom in my apartment. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there's a, a blanket with a panda on it. So yeah. Like how we ended up there. To, like, there's a lot of pandas there, actually. Yeah. yeah, we recorded it. Like, in one day, we did, uh, like, the bass, drums, Chelsea's guitar. And then she started adding vocals and other guitar tracks, I think. Um, all, like, on her own with Josh, um, who's Taylor's bandmate. And I've been in a band with both of them. Um, and um, then, since Justin kind of came in later, we had him overdub his parts. And he was able to, like, you know, dial in what he wanted to do on those songs, I think, through recording. Yeah, like, my experience past the day in Tacky Panda Studios was just meeting up with Josh, Josh, Josh Stanley, who's a very talented musician, and he's a good friend of the band's. Uh, yeah, I just met up with him and recorded in his room. Everything was done in somebody's room. It was no real studio set up. It was completely 100% DIY. Yeah, you have it easy as the drummer or the rhythm section because you get to go in and knock out, your, out all your parts in one session and then you think the EP's done but it still takes eight months to get all the overdubs and get the mixing right and get the vocals finally in and everything else. So, I mean, I feel like my parts were done on day one but uh, it took us at least nine months to get the EP ready. Have you recorded in a setup like that before? I Almost have. all the time, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. You and Josh are all about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cheap way, and the technologies come 
such a long way that you can still get a really good sounding recording out of it without spending a lot of money on studio time. So, yeah, everything I've ever recorded has been in some kind of house. Like the first um, vast canvas EP was done at the DIY venue called Narnia. Um, it's been a, like a punk house for like a long time, but the guys who lived out of that space are um, tour musicians and also talented audio engineers. And of course, we tried to give them as much money as we can. You know, you got to give somebody a little something. Everybody's a working artist, but uh, it's always been in a house. I recently went to like a professional studio for the first time, but I've recorded in a pole barn um, next to like my bandmate's dad's horses. Like <laughs> one would stick its head through the window sometimes. And yeah, but uh, I went to Minball, which is now Jam Deck. Do you think that changes, like somewhere as intimate as like your own house, do you think that changes the way that things are recorded or the way that things come up or are inspired? There would be less pressure when you're in a situation like that because you're not just counting the time that you're spending in studio because time is money, obviously. So you're a lot more relaxed. Um, you can probably hit your part a lot better. And I like the rawness of it, you know, turning a closet into an ISO booth. Obviously, like, it would be really nice to have all the cash flow in the world and to be able to invest, but when we're making it ourselves, you can put the you can make a good product and make money off of it to fund other projects. And that's what this band has been all about. I think it's also really important, um, something that like I think all musicians struggle with, but I know that something that we've struggled with is like, you know, you want to stay relevant, right? You want to play music that means something to you like in the moment. And sometimes when, you know, you take forever recording and you're doing it in like a big studio and it's like this huge production and then you get done with it and then you got to mix it and then you got to find a different person to master it. All of that is well and good and all, all of that is absolute quality, but sometimes you just need to get things done you just need to get things out so you can have content and put the content out there and know that you did that and move forward and maybe that next project is when you're like all right let's spend five thousand and like let's really go in studio on it well thanks for coming in today thank you for having yeah, us thanks so much for having us yeah of course uh this is jesse d for chirp radio You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.